0: Hi friends, this is Callie Cowan and you are listening to the Doing Good Well podcast. This podcast is all about the dreamers, idealists, and visionaries who are changing the world for the better. Their stories will inspire you to do good and do it well. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Liz Sutherland. Liz is a friend of mine um, who has an incredible story to tell. And so I just want to welcome her to the podcast. And Liz, thank you so much for being here today.
1: I've been looking forward to this. So, yeah. Liz,
0: you do have a great story to tell and I love how you are using your story to make an impact um, in the lives of others. So for our listeners who don't know you, could you just take us back and um, and just kind of give us an overview of who you are and what your heart and your passion is for.
1: Sure, so thank you. Hello, I am Elizabeth Sutherland. um, originally born in Spain and grew up in Waynesville, North Carolina. My journey to North Carolina is a very uh, unique one. I was brought to the states when I was around five. Uh, by a man who I thought was my father and dropped my siblings and I off at his mother's house, who over the years I assumed was my grandmother. Um, And, you know, through the years of living with this woman and she was very abusive and um, it was just a a nightmare. Um, Every day is a different story um, and experience that I You know, don't necessarily like to relive, um, but I feel like I need to to help um, kids today. Um, I entered foster care at the age of 13 uh, just by, you know, trying to share my voice, trying to be heard that, you know, being stuck in this trailer for a very long time, um, no one coming to rescue uh, it was it was a very scary situation. So um, you know, entered foster care. I thought we were being saved, so to speak, and turned out that uh, ended up being separated from my siblings. I was with my sister for a week before we were actually split up, but uh, my brother, had I known that was the last time I was going to see him, I probably would have you know hugged him a little bit tighter um, and done things a little differently but at the moment it was just trying to rescue all of us fast forward a little bit um, i ended up being in foster care from the time that i was 13 till i was 18 Um, and in between those years i did have some um, communications with my siblings but then that began to um die, die die off because you know as I kept moving further and further away uh, in counties, then you know the communications kind of stopped. I aged out at eighteen, um, and aging out means, you know, I was exiting foster care, and here I was trying to be an adult. And those years um, leading up to aging out, I really didn't prepare myself for what that looked like. Um, so because I mean, I was too busy. Living, you know, just trying to survive and do what I needed to just to graduate high school. And so, um, you know, I aged out and was living on my own. And technically, I still tell people today that uh, I mean, I've been on my own since I was 18. Um, And navigating this big, bold world at the age of 18 was scary. Um, I relied heavily on strangers to kind of navigate learnings such as how to balance books, um, how to apply for uh, credit, you know, um, what does it look like to get your driver's license or what does it look like to go grocery shopping? Um, you know, I was just in survival mode and did whatever it took to make sure that I survived. So, yeah.
0: You have such a powerful story to share. And I love what, what you have done with that story. And I actually am familiar with your story because of the book that you wrote. That's, I would call it a memoir, but it's really more than a memoir, isn't it? Yes. I uh, had a,
1: one of my biggest dreams about this book was, you know, to kind of share my story, um, but also have it be used as a guide towards, you know, those who are interested in becoming a foster parent. Um, or adopting um, or any agencies out there that are struggling that need some advice. So it's more of a kind of a resource book as well.
0: And I just, I love that. I absolutely love that because you are really a success story. You know, when we look at statistics across the country of young adults who age out of foster care, um, the statistics are not kind to that particular population. And you are part of the 3% 3% of children who age out of foster care who actually did complete your college education. Um, yes. And so kudos to you. That takes incredible strength and courage and um, overcoming those odds. And I love how you are now trying to pour into the lives of other young people and to encourage them. What message are you trying to send to those young people?
1: That, you know, to never give up. Um, and I always tell those people, that you have a choice, you know, growing up for me, um, it wasn't my choice to be abused. It wasn't my choice to, um, be moved around from home to home. And I didn't have a lot of control over that, but what I did have control over was my life, you know, after, I mean, I turned 18, um, my education, you know, just trying to be controlling over my choices and to know that whatever I had decided, nobody could take that away from me. Um, And I just want to help encourage these youth um, to just be proud of who they are and be proud of their story. Because, I mean, I'm very proud of my story. um, And I always say if I had to relive it again, I would just because it's made me who I am. Um, And it's been able to be a a big voice and advocate for those who don't have it. So
0: and i think yeah. that is so key is that you have really redeemed that story in that you are using it for so much good and that you're not letting mm-hmm. it define you but that you're letting it propel you forward
1: mhm yes
0: And I would just encourage anyone who's interested in the foster care system or what it what it is like for a child in foster care to pick up a copy of this book. It's called No Ordinary Liz. And um, Liz, you do an incredible job of telling the story. I when I read it, I just felt like I was on the edge of my seat the whole time wondering what was going to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. I cried as I read it. um, And I'm, I'm not a crier, but man, it just, it got me, Um, especially the stuff about your siblings. And um, that's something that we need to fix in the foster care system. And I love how you personalize that with your own story. Have you Mm -hmm. been able to share that part of your story, um, maybe with, you know, people who are influential in the policy side of things, or what would you like them to hear about that?
1: No. And I, you know, that's my goal is to keep getting to Tallahassee and to get keep getting in front of policy makers and changers to kind of, you know, see how it's important to keep siblings together um, because, you know, they may be in this fight and some may be in it alone. Um, and I know for me, when going through this um, as a child, and being abused, and having that neglect, and didn't feel the love, and, you know, just feel like wanted, uh, I did get that in my siblings, because we were going through the same thing, and we were just all there together, Um, and when we were separated, I mean, I felt like my whole world just, you know, completely came down on me, and I felt so lost, because, you know, those were my people, those were the people I needed the most and I didn't have them. I didn't even have them in reach, you know, and, Absolutely. um, it's just very important to have those connections. Um, because I don't want to spoil it too much, but later on in, you know, in my journey, I was lucky enough to find both my brother and sister, um, in very unique way, unique ways. And the time, you know, different you know, eight years from not seeing where, seeing my sister and 13 years, the same for my brother, that's a long time to try to reconnect and get to know someone. That's a lot um, of time to
0: catch up on, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um,
1: but I do want to um, be that voice and encourage foster families that, you know, I understand that they may not have the number of spaces needed per sibling, you know, they may not have it in their home, but you know, I just encourage families to do what they can just to keep that bond together. Um, and if they can't, at least do whatever it takes to keep um, the open communication so that they can at least talk to each other or try to see each other.
0: Yeah, we we know that those bonds and those connections are so important. And so I love that you're able to bring that to light and to really be an advocate in those situations. What else mm-hmm. do you wish that people knew about kids in foster care? So I'm glad that you asked that question because
1: um, foster, when I even just in general, like speaking to society about foster care, when I mention that word for, for whatever reason, you just see the tone change in their demeanor. And it's always asking, well, why is that? And it's because foster kids just they just assume that foster kids are bad kids. And I never understand that because I'm always asking why. And I always say, if I asked you to take a walk in the shoes of a foster kid, um, how would you feel? You know, you would probably feel the same way that, that they're feeling or acting out the same way they're acting out because, you know, that's their life. Um, and I I always try to just do my part in speaking up for these kids who are much older who is the, you know, 16, 17, about to age out because a lot of people don't really want to get involved in, their, in those years. And to me, those are the important years. You know, these youth are about to be adults and um, us as a society can try to do something about it to try to help them plant their feet, help them get acclimated into this big, bold world, you know?
0: What are some practical things that people could do to help that particular age group of children who are in foster care?
1: You know, so they could, um, you know, if they're not a foster parent, if they're not any, if they don't have any connections like that, uh, I would say reach out to your local um, nonprofit organizations, do some research to see what's surrounding you um, regarding youth and foster care. And you know, offer up some mentor services. Offer up, um, you know, take this to your jobs and just say, "Hey, there's a good program here that that we could possibly add to our corporate responsibility initiatives to kind of make it a goal to help these kids um, teach financial literacy. You know, teach them. It's just the basic things such as, again, how to apply for uh, college. How do I even?" you know, look for advertising to find rent, you know, um, what does it look like to go grocery shopping? And and I mean, it's just these simple things that you and your community, your work um, environment could potentially get involved with in helping these kids a little further um, in their progression towards adulthood.
0: I know a lot of times young adults this age are um, actually in group home environments. That's very Mm -hmm. common for teenagers. And I know you spent time living in a group home. Could you describe what that is like for someone who may not be familiar with that type of setting? Yes. So a group home is
1: a home where you're with more than I would say two other kids. Um, There's a group home that's for um, boys. And there's a group home that's for girls and it's in it's to kind of paint a picture. It's kind of like a campus. Um, it's a, you know, a campus that may have two or three different houses and within one house you share a unified, um, kitchen. Uh, there's bedrooms, um, but it's not the kind of bedrooms you would think these bedrooms, um, don't have hardly any furniture in them. It's just a bed. Um, and a dr- chest of drawers, a uh, dresser, if you will. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's no art on the walls. There's no, um, you know, nothing additional fancy to make it feel like a bedroom like they would have in their own home. Um, and you're usually sharing this bedroom with someone else. Um, and so, you know, there's not a lot of privacy. Um, but it's more like a community. So you're eating together. You're eating at a specific time. Um, there's games. There's T one like one TV, um, and you have to figure out as a collective um, who you know what are you going to watch. So and usually there's two house parents. And for me, I just when I think about group homes, um, and I think about the house parents that I had, it didn't feel like. A home, you know, it didn't feel like I was getting love and, and feeling connected to someone. It just felt like I had a place over my roof, uh, place over my head, um, and it was just a place to stay until I got on to my next adventure. And I didn't even know where that was. Um, so it's a different lifestyle than just a normal foster home. Um, but I don't want to say too much about how negative it is because it's needed. Um, without these group homes, um, a lot of children would definitely have nowhere to go.
0: And that's that's the difficult thing right there is we don't have enough foster homes that are willing to take teenagers. And so, mm-hmm. which would obviously be a, a more ideal type of situation where there are parents who are asking, how was your day? Or here, let me help you navigate this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas group homes a lot of times have shift care where there's a caregiver mm-hmm. coming and going um, as opposed to someone who's there. Um, just, you know, more like a, more like a traditional parent would be, I've talked to uh, some teenagers who have been in uh, some group homes and they're all different. That's another thing right. that's important mm-hmm. to you that they're, they're all, they're all different, but they talked about how thankful they are for YouTube because growing mm-hmm. up um, in a lot of group home settings, they said, I didn't know how to, you know, make noodles or I didn't know right. how to boil an egg, yes. but thank God for YouTube because I <laughs> could look it up. Mm-hmm. And, so, and i
1: Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, you know, I don't want to lose sight that education and, you know, um, is, is, is extremely important. But for these kids who are getting ready to age out and be on their own, they can't really focus on the education piece without knowing that they've got a place to lay their head at night, that they have food, you know, that they have a car to get to school, Um, so to your point, it is very important to, um, know what those basic life skills are. Um, and kudos to them for even going to YouTube to see how to even do it, but it shouldn't be the case. We should be able to provide services to them so that they're ready to go, um, if they were to age out at 18.
0: So at this point of life. I want to know, and looking back over your life and all that you've been through, what are you most proud of in yourself? So, I'm very proud to share, like, write my book,
1: um, and to share my story of persevering. Um, Because, and I say that because you know we all have a story, and we've all been through certain ups and downs in life. But being able to go through, come to the States, um, get separated from my siblings, go through foster care and age out and then end up being a successful person today. Um, I'm very proud of who I am, you know, and what I've become because I've done it myself. Um, and it's, it's just, it, sometimes I just sit back and think about, wow, I did that, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I always tell people it's no longer my story, it's their story. And when I say their story, I'm referring to the kids that are in foster care today um, and those that have aged out and trying to figure out their
0: way. So you have Graduated from college. You have a great career. You have written a book. You are now speaking about your experiences. What are your goals for the future? You feel like you've already probably checked off a lot of boxes. Where do you go from here? Well, I, I mean, I want to get this bigger. And I always joke
1: around with my friends and coworkers and just people that I want to get on Ellen. I love <laughs> Ellen. Um, you should be I on do Ellen. Do I get on Ellen because I, I, I feel like we need to talk about foster care more, um, and bring 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 it forward to people to change makers because this is a topic and a situation. Unfortunately, um, is not going away anytime soon. It's not siloed to one state or one city. It's a global um, situation, you know. And I just want to continue to get my story out there as far as I can, just to Just to show that people can be successful going through the system Um, and to show that we, you know, it takes a village. It really does. But to try to just show more kindness towards people and to kind of just, you know, be open to the possibilities of helping a kid.
0: I think what's great about you sister. sharing your story is it really personifies um, you know, a situation that a lot of people can't relate to. They don't maybe know what it's like, or maybe they've never met someone who's been in foster care or who had someone be willing to share their story. And what you sharing your story does is it makes it real. It gives mm-hmm. people a face. It gives people a name. It connects people to one particular story that then... It helps them understand the stories of so many other children because you're willing to share yours. And I think also Mm -hmm. it does tell those kids when they read your story, I don't have to be a victim of my circumstances, that I can have a better future than what has come before. And I think it can get easy to look at all the obstacles that they are facing and start to feel helpless and what you show by your very example is that it is possible it doesn't mean it's Mm -hmm. easy but it is possible um and so you are just an awesome example of that and i hope that you have the opportunity to continue sharing your story
1: yes thank you and thank you for having this kind of platform you know like this is how we can continue to spread it um and um you know I'm, I'm really trying to get out there and work with the community to kind of bring um, fun things to the group homes and to these kids because they're struggling enough as it is just to try to survive. Um, and I had a conversation the other day with someone who, you know, made a very good point that these kids are in a system that they may not see what kind of talents they have, you know, they may not see that, Oh my gosh, I could be a singer or an artist. Um, they, you know, so I want to try to do more, um, around that to help them see the potential that they can, you know, that they can do and bring forward with their lives, not just being labeled or being considered, Oh, I'm just a foster kid. And I can't do that.
0: So could you share some of the experiences that you have had, um, so far enabled able to getting involved in, in the group homes or with these different audiences? Yes. So, um,
1: having the book has kind of been nice because I can like offer up, you know, not only can I come and share my story, but I have a book that I'm willing to sign and share with these kids. Um, so, and I also sit on the board, um, with Eckerd Connects. So that's kind of helping me to um, share my voice and help advocate for those youth. And so, so Eckerd,
0: Eckerd Connects is the community-based provider for foster care in Pinellas County. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So they are um, in Hillsborough. They have, I think, twenty-one different other locations um, across the state. Um. So, yes. So they I- are the lead foster care agency. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that they have you on the board. I think that's so important. We need to make sure that we have diverse voices um, yes. on boards like that. So there are people who have experienced foster care who are actually speaking into the foster care system because your perspective is so different than someone who's never lived through it. Right. So you right. bring something to the table that, that no one else can. And mm-hmm. so I would encourage anyone out there who has had an experience in the foster care system, um, recognize that your voice matters mm-hmm. and that there is something that you can bring to the table that other people can't um, and so and i love i love that you've been able to do that um at that level
1: it, as i always say it's i've officially come full circle you know it's so crazy to know that i was in foster care and working with these case managers not specifically in florida um but the same concept um and now being able to be on the other side and trying to to help these kids. Um, I have so no,
0: I have no doubt that you will continue to do that, Liz. You're a powerful voice on their behalf, and I'm just excited to see what continues to come in the future and to see that Ellen episode when the hey, time comes. Yes. Oh
1: yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving up that dream. So, uh, if
0: someone wanted to connect with you, how could they find you, Liz?
1: So I am. My social media are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The handles for all are the same. It's at noordinaryliz, and that's N-O-O-R-D-I-N-A-R-Y-L-I-Z. My book can be found on amazon.com, barnsandnoble.com, walmart.com, and and Target. And um, I also have a blog, which is at www.noordinaryliz.com, and my email address. If you'd like to just get in touch with me, is just noordinaryliz at hotmail.com. I like that you keep
0: it simple. Is there anything yes. else? Is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you wanted to share with the listeners?
1: I think we covered a lot, um, but I just want to just you know reiterate that foster care is so important and these children are extremely important as well. They're deserving. Um, they're, they, get, they have an awesome chance at a life. And it just takes one or two of us to come together um, and at least try to help that for them to be successful. So do whatever you can to be involved.
0: Well, the name of the podcast is Doing Good Well. So I always ask guests this question. In your opinion, what does it mean to do good well?
1: just be yourself. You know, if you can check in with yourself and know that you are 100% true to you, um, you'll be able to portray that out into the world and spread it like kindness.
0: And I just want to, once again, affirm you, Liz, that you are doing that. I love how you are owning your story and you are using it for a greater purpose. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Keep speaking up. Keep being a voice. Keep sharing your story um, and keep advocating on behalf of these kids because you do bring a perspective that other people can't. And um, I'm just so proud of you and uh, so thankful that you took the time to be on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do and continue doing as well.
0: This podcast has been produced by Whiskey Barrel Productions. For more information on our services, go to whiskeybarrelproductions.com
1: or follow us on social media.